right, everybody, welcome back to the Hitting Rock Pedal podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder. I am so excited today to be joined by Elizabeth Reese. She is the founder of Chasing Paper, and you are going to love hearing her story of the startup, the the fixing of the problem in the marketplace and the innovation that they have brought to the wallpaper industry. I am always inspired by her when I have a conversation with her. So let's get started. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So if you could just give our listeners a bit of background on you and how you came up with this idea of chasing paper. Yeah, absolutely. So going back about 10 years ago, which I cannot believe it, been almost that long. Um, I was really just sort of in a place in my life where I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was like, I think like a lot of people, I was in a job where I wasn't like in love with what I was doing. Um, so I went back to school. I went and got, did my graduate work, um, to try to kind of like find my way a bit. Um, and my parents came to visit and my dad is second generation in our family's printing business. And he took me to lunch without my mom. So I knew something was up. Um, And he said, well, what would you think about coming and working for the family business? And I was just like, hard no, you know, like nothing about it seemed exciting. um, It seemed relevant to me. Um, The print industry is like very male dominated, not a ton of creativity. Um, You know, print is a very commoditized brand. So it's typically just, you know, who can get to the best price. Um, And so... I I said, hard no. And then he was like, well, you know, I was moving back um, from Europe. I was living in Europe at the time um, and I was moving back to New York. And he said, well, would you at least help us with, you know, copy and writing some new stuff for the website, for our website? Because that was what I was getting my master's in, sort of branding and storytelling and all this. So I said, fine to that. Meanwhile, I was kind of doing other projects and trying to kind of get other work. Um, But as I started kind of looking into what our family business did, um, I recognized and saw that there was a lot of um, ability to do things kind of outside of the scope of what they were doing, you know, especially any business that is evolves around equipment. Um, It's all about efficiency and, um, you know, getting the Um, equipment to a capacity, which helps, you know, bring down costs. Um, And I said, well, if I, so then it kind of piqued my interest, right? And that's kind of the person I am. I'm always, if I see something, I'm curious. Um, I always kind of want to try. I don't know. I just, I I was definitely, my my interest was piqued. Um, I was living in New York and I said to him, I said, well, if I can go out and find some projects that have nothing to do with kind of what your business sells and does, something totally different, would you print the the work for me? And he's like, I guess, I mean, as long as it doesn't like lose us money, I mean, see, see what comes in the door. Um, so I just started having lots of conversations, um, with lots of different people. And I, you always speak to this. It's just, you know, your network is so important. Cause you just never know. Um, I remember having, um, you know, breakfast with this gal, she owned a beauty brand in my mind. I thought there's probably going to be no synergies here. She's in, you know, the world of lipstick and I you know, like, what are the synergies synergies here? But, you know, she's a Harvard business school grad, super smart running an empire of a business. And we ended up doing these peel and stick, you know, peel and stick paper for these support beams in their office before their other offices were built out. And we installed them on like a Thursday or Friday. And by Monday, you know, it was all women working at this beauty brand. And by Monday, I had a couple emails in my inbox being like, where can I get this? Like, this is so cute. It completely transformed the space. 
um, you know, before everything was just white walls and white everything. Cause you know, they were building out these big, new, beautiful offices, but just, it transformed, you know, the, the space and how I felt in this space and right then. And, and the woman who was the CEO at the time, you know, kind of also gave me that little extra push, which I always really try to do with people now. Cause sometimes you just need to hear from someone else that you respect, you know, I can see your wheels turning, like keep going. Um, and so I did. And when I kind of looked into the space, especially removable at the time, which remember this was 10 years ago, removable is much more ubiquitous now. Um, but thanks to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, partially. Yeah. I think, and what we really created was there was a lot of low design, a lot of like clip art, you know, I always say like, think like the tree with like the falling leaves in a nursery, um, or, you know, like the very specialized bespoke kind of one of a kind things, which are very expensive, but there wasn't a lot that existed in the middle, if anything. Um, and I just felt like we could fill that gap and we could fill that, um, because I wanted it, you know, I, I was, speaking to myself as a consumer, being a 20 something year old living in a city, I certainly couldn't wallpaper. Um, but I loved the idea of wallpaper. I, I always used to say every cool restaurant in New York that I would go to always had wallpaper in the bathroom. And I was like, okay, surely this is a thing because, you know, the best designers in the world are, you know, um, designing these restaurants and people know that wallpaper is coming back. And at the time, even in New York, people were like, I don't know, is wallpaper back? Um, but I just kind of felt like I was seeing it in the right places and that it would become a little bit more mass and, you know, more for, for everyone, not just fancy people with designers. Um, and we were just off to the races. So we had some early success, um, which was very validating, but it was also really scary. I mean, we really had to, you know, learn on our feet, um, learn quickly, fail fast, um, kind of all of those buzzwords um, that you hear, you know, we were, we were certainly in the deep end, but, um, but it was a great place to be. And we learned a lot. What I absolutely love about your story is that it all began with that tool of curiosity. And I don't think that people talk about that in business enough as actually being a tool. Yes. And that, um, what you were able to do is right adopt it as a mindset and then begin to utilize it in the marketplace. So, you know, how that plays out to me as exemplified by what you just said is that, you know, you applied the curiosity to the current situation and then began to set up meetings with other people just to begin to explore. And I think that today we're so attached to the outcome, like, will it create the outcome that I want? And the tool of curiosity is all about maintaining the uncertainty and being okay with it. And um, I'm so curious for you is how many meetings did you have? You know, how long was it between learning that there was this kind of space that existed within the machinery that you might be able to fill and create additional revenue? And how long was it between that idea and you actually beginning to go out and have those meetings? Because what I find is oftentimes there's a lot more time that exists yeah. between those two periods than other people necessarily believe there is. Um, there's a lot of self-doubt, right? There's the idea, then there's the self-doubt, then there's the you know inner critic, and then you ask a couple of people, and then you finally have the meeting. And, and I think today in our kind of instantaneous society, they expect it's idea, execution, success. No, I love this question. And I, I don't think I've ever been asked this, like in an interview, I always like jump to the thing where like the meeting that I had was like the right one. And it's like all came together and that makes it seem so sexy and easy. Um, right. I had, I am 
a person who gets started right away. Like I am, I am that that's a quality as an entrepreneur that I'm very thankful for. But I had, I mean, I was going for like breakfast, coffee, lunch, coffee, drink, dinner, like so often. I mean, I can't tell you, I was just filling my schedule like almost immediately with, with, and again, sometimes they were people where it had like nothing to do with anything even remotely. But if someone said, Oh, I have this smart friend, or I have someone who's starting another business. Um, and I can't tell you actually recently, this is a good story. I had one of these meetings that again, my friend had set it up. She goes, she's, um, you know, uh, has like a food or organic food company. We met for one drink, no joke, probably 10 or 15 years ago. She and I just reconnected on Facebook because we're going through something similar in our businesses. And we jumped on a Zoom and it was as if 15 years had not gone by. I'm not kidding. I met her one time in New York. I can remember exactly where I met her. I can remember the conversation we had. It had nothing at the time. We had nothing to give each other. Like there was, we, other than like, business is so hard. (laughs) Like, are you, are you having a hard time? Do you have no personal life? Like there was some of that, I I think at the time of just like, well, the vulnerability bonded you, but there was really like, I mean, we had met kind of for like a business reason and there wasn't a lot of that. And then I think, you know, at the time we both kind of had our own friends and whatever, we weren't really looking for even friendship. Like there was nothing else, but truly just recently, I saw that she had done a post on LinkedIn about this issue she was having with work. And I reached out to her and I said, I am having the same issue. Can we jump on a zoom? And we had, we talked for hours on a zoom call and our businesses has gotten to a point where there are a lot of similarities now. And there was a lot of, you know, mutual learning that was happening on that call. And I, and it was just so funny. And it really gave me even more just sort of confidence in what I've kind of always done, which is like, you never know, you should always be learning, you should always be growing your network, and then never being afraid to like reach back out. She was immediately like, Oh, my God, remember when we met at that week, like, she remembered everything too. And it was fine. And then even if people don't reach back out or don't respond, I mean, that's fine, too. And that happens a lot in business and in life. Um, but still happens. Know, to it's you. just funny that that just happened. <laughs> And that is awesome. What a great example. But so that still happens to you. You'll still reach out to people and not hear back because, right. I mean, our listeners are like, you have this amazingly successful business with revenue each year, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, we've double, we pre 2020, we had doubled revenue every year. 2020, we grew by like, I mean, we grew our online business by over a hundred percent, but revenue overall, I think was like 60 or 70%. And then it from 20 to 21, it was a little bit more modest, I think about uh, 10%. But again, we were just catching up from that huge year. So, and I think that's another thing to share too, is that that was sort of a humbling moment for me in 2020. I just expected we're just gonna have this like, you know, 2020 was this blip of a year, either good or bad, I think for a lot of businesses. And then I think people were like, well, this is like the new normal, you know, and you have, there's always after anything with business, whether it's your, you know, taking on venture money or you're restructuring, or you're going after a new market or you're launching a new product, there's always going to be some like dust settling phase. And you've kind of got to figure that out. And, um, but to your point, your original question, like, absolutely. I reach out to people all the time with like no response and whatever. And I mean, Honestly, I always think, and I got this advice early and it's something you hear a lot kind of in business of just like every no gets you closer to a yes or every, you know, everything that doesn't work out gets you closer to that. Yes. And I will say in that original, you know, 
um, time when I was just meeting with a lot of people, I learned a lot. I failed a lot. And I also like really perfected sort of my pitch and what I was after and, and what I was, the kinds of projects I was looking to do. Um, and even with my team now, um, I, if I see something come across their desk and I know it's not going to work out or we're going to probably lose some money on it or whatever, I let them take it and do it. And then we come back after and they were like, Oh, that really didn't work. That was like a real waste of time or, you know, not too much money. I'm not letting them go crazy, but like learning to fail in business too, is such an important thing. And as a business owner, you want to protect just like being a mom, you know, I want to protect my girls from everything. I don't want them to be hurt or, you know, whatever, but, or get frustrated. I sometimes just want to do the thing for them myself, but it's such an important part of life. And, um, I think probably similar to you. I mean, like when you're starting out or you're doing something different and you're doing it kind of by yourself at first, there's no other option. You know, you have to fail. Right. No, one, no one's looking out for you. No one's, no one's trying to shield you from the harsh realities of the world. So, and I think it's, it's for me, it was a kind of a growing up stage of those first couple of years of business and in, in doing it on my own. There is so much that I want to unpack from that. Um, Funny enough, I was doing a speaking engagement yesterday, virtually, and per usual these days. And (laughs) one of the things that I was talking about with the leaders of the company is the fact that so much of leadership is about holding back on your desire to be the fixer, right? To fix things. And when we step in to fix, then we actually prevent their learning and their growth. And inevitably, it has much larger long-term ramifications on the company. And what I love is that you're sharing that in such a great, um, you know, uh, uh, understandable way uh, with our listeners about the fact that right, you have to give them the leeway and that you're okay with it. And I think more people who are coming up in the entrepreneurial world need to hear that they can allow their teams to not be perfect either, or that it doesn't have a direct reflection on them or their success if someone on their team makes a mistake, that it's all going to be okay. So sure. I I love that you're, you're saying that and sharing that. Um, and then back to the meetings that you're willing to have too, right? There's um, a concept that I always am, am talking about, like the seed of equivalent benefit, right? And that it's our job as entrepreneurs just to plant the seeds in as many places as we possibly can. And some of those seeds will grow quickly and some of them will grow over 15 years. And um, that too often I see people holding back on planting the seed or not having the meeting really ever because they aren't sure if it is exactly going to pay off, right? They aren't willing to water it. They aren't willing to put in the time. They aren't willing to do anything unless it's going to give them an immediate reward. And their belief is I don't have the time to do that unless it will. So what's kind of your your comeback to that? Because it definitely always ends up coming back to, I don't have the time to do that. That's the luxury. Yeah, you know, I, I think you definitely have to carve out time and make it a priority. Um, I actually just this year started a Google Doc with my team. It's super casual. It's not like fussy. It's like five columns, very easy. And it's called our irons in the fire doc. And I just have them as they're working on things, they put it in. I mean, it could be anything. It could be an editorial opportunity. It could be a great conversation they had with like a 
you know, when they were walking around town and went into a cool store and chatted with the owner for anything. I mean, it can be big, small, any opportunity. And we put them in there with the name. And then we, I just say, if you had a guess, if it's this year, if it's next year, when do you think this could maybe come to something that way they can kind of prioritize, Hey, if this is a 2023 thing, or maybe beyond, we have a beyond column where it's just like, how do you keep that relationship warm? Maybe you see something and you set, say, hey, oh, this would be pertinent for business owners or um, could be pertinent for a designer or whoever. I'm going to forward an email. And then you kind of have that thing. Well, you can go, you can kind of refer back to that chart of saying like, what are what else are the things that I think could be potential for either revenue or brand building or anything like that? And I really did it starting just for myself because I, I'm as an entrepreneur, I have a thousand things just always, dit, 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 and I'm always getting ideas, mostly in the shower. I don't know why, probably because it's oh, just like that. I know. Like yeah. literally, I need to have like a notebook next to the, sh- the shower because I just come up with all these ideas or I like think about an idea more and whatever. And, and as soon as you get out, you can't remember. Absolutely. I mean, it happened to me yesterday. I was like, full clarity. I got out and I was like, I have no idea what I was even thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but it was really just kind of for my myself. And then I said, you know, and, and, and I will be totally transparent. I have the most things on that list right now. And my team is slowly adding some things, but I think it's just great in terms of one accountability and two, that we're thinking about things, not as in like, it's going to hit tomorrow, but like longer term thinking, you know, is it a first quarter, second quarter? Is it a next year? Is it beyond that? Like, just so that they can see, okay, it's great to have some things that are in kind of a shorter term, maybe a middle short term, and then a longer term. Um, And I think it's a good way of thinking about business because truly, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I mean, the biggest thing we did in 2019 that brought in an extraordinary amount of revenue was a meeting that I had had, again, like six years ago in New York, with a gal who I had been introduced to by someone else. We had one meeting. And then, because I mean, the other thing too, with millennials, with Gen Z, we are moving around. Like we are going from job to job. We are going from company to company. We're leaving that company and we're starting our own thing. I mean, there's more movement in the job in any in any category too. I mean, it, it truly doesn't matter what your industry is. There is more movement happening than ever before. So you have to think about that. You know, it, we're not staying at the point. same job in the same role for five or 10 years anymore. That just, it, it's so rare that that happens. So yeah, 18 months is, is the length of time. See, exactly. And, and even that stat, I mean, that is mind blowing. And when you think about that, so you could be having a meeting today and in 18 months from now, that person could change roles go to a new thing where they don't have a wallpaper vendor yet, or they're looking for a wallpaper ven- ven- vendor, you know what I mean? And you just, you never know. And I think that that's just been a big part of my own thinking. And then something that I'm really trying to kind of empower my team to do too, which is also like, go to lunch, go to coffee. Like that is part of your job. And I don't care what their role is. I don't care if they're a customer service representative, get out of the office every once in a while, go meet with people, um, build your network, build your you know, and again, so it, it, and that goes from top down and we, we really try to, you know, foster that. And, um, you know, just to, again, for them personally, professionally, all, all of it, you know, I love that. I mean, the amount of growth that they're getting from working in that type of environment is invaluable. So people love specificity. I'm 
obsessed with this idea of the irons in the fire document. Tell me just exactly what it looks like. What is in each column? Because I'm going to go recreate it for my team after this when we're done. Totally. It's literally the opportunity is in column one. And it could, I mean, again, this is not writing a novel. It's, um, you know, like um, a magazine, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, so the opportunity, the owner, the lead, so the person's name, and then it's Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, 2023, and then beyond. And all you do is everyone has a color and you put it like, if so if you put it in, you put your name and then you put your color in the box of whatever, wherever you think it is. And then it also visually is a nice way to kind of see how things are landing or not. Like, Hey, we've got a lot hitting or what we think is going to hit in these first two. There's not a lot in the second half of the year. Let's fix that. Let's let, let's try to solve for that. Um, or we've got a lot of longer term things. So let's try to get some shorter terms or there's a lot of short term things. Let's try to get some longer term things. Um, and then I think too, it also kind of gives some shape of how, how many things you have on that list and how, how much your color is showing up. Um, you know, I, again, I think for me, that's important. And again, it's so casual. And that was my other big thing. It's not like, right. You know, like sometimes the, the lead generation software and whatever, it's expensive and it's like really daunting. And it's like, Oh God, I have to go in. I have to write notes. I have to say what time I called. I have to do whatever. It feels very like they heavy. want the guy's social security number. You're like, yeah. I don't know well, all this information. Exactly. You have to like much. create a, create a new customer profile, you know, all those things. I'm not after any of that. I, I assume that if you are putting the opportunity on that, you, you're already doing that work. You already have their email. You already have their whatever. Um, and, and, you know, this is much more, it's less about just kind of like the sales part of it and much more about like what you were saying, sort of the networking aspect of it. You know, what, what irons are you putting in the fire and continuing to add to that, you know, this quarter, next quarter and, and continue. And then I think it's also a nice look back. Hey, we thought these things were going to hit first quarter. They didn't. Are they off the table? Have they fallen off? Do we still think it's, are we putting it as a next year thing? Um, I think that that can be kind of helpful too. Are you running your business like a marathon at sprint speed, but never getting anywhere? Take back control of your business with the BRIMS Revenue Accelerator Program and let expert business coach Sally Holder run alongside you each step of the way. Our new program provides you the tools, strategies, and support you need to increase your revenue and create impactful growth. To get started earning more in considerably less time, follow us on Instagram at the BRIM. That's T-H-E underscore B-R-I-M-M and direct message us revenue to find out if this is the right fit for you and your business. Hey listeners, we are excited to announce the third annual BRIM Retreat is happening April 25th through the 27th in Greenville, South Carolina. If you haven't heard, the BRIM Retreat is a three-day event led by Sally Holder for entrepreneurs from across the country who are looking to connect, learn, and grow their business. The retreat is full of opportunities to work and learn alongside industry experts and special guest speakers like Jesse Randall, founder of Loffler Randall, and Carmion Hamilton, winner of HGTV's Design Star, Next Gen. It's truly an inspiring lineup with more being added daily. To get your spot, visit us at growwiththebrim.com to sign up today. Only a few tickets left, so don't miss out. 
that's so helpful, right? It's the look back and taking that Mm -hmm. time so that you can learn the lessons from it and make the adaptations that you need to, to move forward. So I'm curious, how often do you feel like you do that? I mean, are you stopping once a quarter to look back? Is it every six months? That is something that is on my, that was top of my goals for this year was to do more of that because I, I honestly think I obviously do it at a quarter because we just, you know, have things that we, you know, we pay out royalties, we, whatever. So we're doing a lot of reporting, um, on a quarterly basis. So I have kind of an idea of those things, but sometimes I'm still too in the weeds to even really say, Hey, from these royalty reports, you know, this collection, which used to do. I don't know, 20% of our business is now doing 30%. And what does that mean? And how can we, you know, put that collection forward more? Or how can we add to that collection or do new colorways or re reinvigorate it to kind of do more and work harder for us? Um, because I think the thing that I um didn't do well last year was that I was slower to make decisions because everything happened in such a whirlwind in 2020 that I think I had like whiplash or something, you know, I was just waiting for things to sort of calm down. And unfortunately in business, you can't really do that. You have to kind of stay ahead of things um, or else you're behind. And I think that was a hard reality that I learned last year that there's, there's no waiting, there's no taking a breath. um, And I think even in those moments, I was kind of waiting for things to happen to us versus saying, let's really be strategic. Let's be going out first. Um, so, you know, it, it's certainly a lesson learned. So it's to, for me now, I mean, I'm one, we're doing more um, just financial meetings. We're actually doing one on a weekly basis, which seems a little extra. And sometimes it takes 10 minutes because we all know kind of the cash position or whatever it is. But I think staying um, ahead of those kinds of things and then also, um, we're just, we did one at the end of the last year, we're really, really getting together at the team and being like, what worked, what didn't work, like having them come to the table with like specific asks, which I've truly, I mean, this is horrible. I've never done that in the history of chasing paper. I've never really sat down with my team on a consistent basis saying what worked and what didn't, which is a huge oversight. <laughs> um, but well, you know, we're making progress and now, and now we're going to do that moving forward. And I learned a lot, even in that few hours, we all sat together as a team. So um, you know, forward and upward, upward and onward and upward. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you shared that because I do hear so many, I don't know why, especially female entrepreneurs believe that once they have hit a particular mark, that there is this moment where they do take a breath, right? Where they stay, right? And that, um, I've even had clients say, you know what, I think I'm going to stay here for a while, right? And not add to my team or grow. I'm just really happy exactly where I am. And it just almost kills me because I want to say to them, you know, something I was talking about with clients at the beginning of the year. And that is that there is no grass, G-R-E-S-S. That's not a word, right? And because there's either progress or there's regress. There's no grass, right? So there is no staying the same. (laughs) Um, So while it in your mind logically sounds like, great, I'm just going to stay here for a minute. Um, What you don't realize is the rest of the world is still moving forward. And that means if they're moving forward, you're actually slowly inching backwards. And so, um, you know, oftentimes we have to learn that ourselves and we have to go through the situation in order to figure that out. But I love your vulnerability to share that 
you know, that is a lesson learned that you have to just keep going with it, even if it seems a little wild and out of control sometimes. That's just our desire to find the certainty in the situation. And as an entrepreneur, you, you're not going to find that. Um, the more comfortable you can get with the lack of certainty, the more success you're going to have. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we kind of spoke to this before, it's similar like what we're seeing in hiring and and just sort of the job segment is e-commerce is changing. I mean, I don't want to say weekly, but it's because it, that's how it feels. And I know that it's <laughs> sure. probably not the truth, but it is changing so quickly that if you aren't staying on top of it and, you know, something else I really want to share with this audience, knowing that everyone that is probably listening is probably an entrepreneur or thinking about entrepreneurship or very much in, you know, all probably uh, aspects of entrepreneurship, but is that, you know, the big thing, a big 2021 learning, not just for my business, but for anyone on the uh, in e-commerce who has a reliance on Instagram and Facebook specifically, where that's how they're reaching their art, our audiences, how quickly that changed with the privacy with Apple and, and all of that. I mean, truly. And then on top of being in a post, I don't even know if you can say post pandemic in a pandemic stage, um, of business, all of these things kind of on top of each other can create some true, not even just tail or headwinds, but like, you know, brick walls at some point. And you've really got to learn to diversify and try and test. And you should always be doing that. And that was a big thing that I learned. Since I started chasing paper, Instagram and Facebook have always worked for us. We put something, a beautiful image up. We got thousands of likes, you know, hundreds of new Instagram followers a day. We were just growing, growing, growing. It was exponential growth. You know, um, and because you like specifics, I mean, in 2020, for every dollar we spent on Facebook, we would get $10 back. I mean, that's how crazy it was in 2020. Oh, you guys, that stat is mind blowing. Mind blowing. I mean, and normally you'd be happy with four or five. (laughs) Yeah, it was bananas, right? Yeah. And so again, kind of being naive, I thought, okay, well, it's surely not going to stay here forever. I'm not that much of an idiot, (laughs) but I was like, even if we come down off that a little bit, like we're still, this is great. Like we're on the gravy train, like Instagram forever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what feels like overnight, it's turned to, I don't care how many beautiful images you have. We're not showing images anymore. We're showing video. And as an elder millennial, I have a hard time doing shifts quickly like that. I had finally learned how to take these insanely beautiful pictures. We had got, you know, I'd found the stylist I like to work with. I found the photographers I like to work with. We really found our aesthetic. You know, I I really knew what would do so well on Instagram. You know, I figured it out. And then of course, everything changed and not just the video to, um, or image to video, but also the way how you can stay in front of people. If people turn off their privacy, you, you can't, get in front of them anymore. So, I mean, and everyone, obviously it's not just a chasing paper thing, but like, you know, engagement and all this stuff is down. And of course, at the time, you know, your, your agencies or whoever, or if you're doing it yourself are thinking, okay, well, you know, it's summer, it'll come back in the fall. It'll come back at holiday. It'll come, you know, you're kind of always waiting for it to kind of come back. But what we really learned is we can't wait. In the meantime, we need to be testing all the other things we should have been testing probably from the beginning. You know, we should never have had that much reliance on one single, um, you know, kind of top of funnel thing to be bringing us customers. You know, you always have to be diversified. And, um, you know, we, it, it again, was such a lesson learned. 
And now we're really seeing, and, it, and those are the things you can't just turn on a, another water spigot and expect it to just, you know, be giving you great return. There's a learning period for any, any platform that you're using to drive customers and acquisition. Um, and that's such a big part of it. Um, and so now, you know, we're starting to see some of the fruits of those labors that we started truly like in the third quarter of last year, we're just starting to see a lift now. Um, so, I mean, it would be like my biggest piece of advice is that you've just got to have, even if it's not completely equal diversity, just starting to learn, starting to find things, um, finding the right people, even, you know, like, Hey, we, I want to do Pinterest ads. I don't know anything about Pinterest or whatever it is, you know, like for, for us, Pinterest is a thing, but maybe not for other businesses, but maybe. Oh, no, apparently it is one of the best customer acquisition tools there is out there right now. I, who knew? Yeah. And especially with the, with the platform. And I mean, I do expect, you know, Instagram and Facebook to, to have some sort of a little bit of resurgence. I, I don't think it'll be crazy, but I think there'll be maybe, and maybe again, maybe I'm naive, but, you know, I think just that testing and trying and, and then also just having to get out of your own way and just make the real, just do the thing, just get it out into the universe, even if it isn't perfect. Cause you want to know what, when I scroll back way back, the pictures that I originally posted on Instagram were so embarrassing (laughs) to say it. I would like put on those like weird filters and like, I saw wallpaper. Like I, why would I ever put a filter on that? Like the customer has to know what they're getting. Like that's so bizarre to me. But at the time I was like, Ooh, the Valencia filter, like that's cool. (laughs) I mean, I just think to myself now, I'm like, what were you thinking? But you know, at the time I was just trying to learn Instagram, you know, I was just trying to like get in front of you know, other angsty 20 year olds. I don't know. Well, you were taking action and that's the thing. I mean, action (laughs) is going to be in action all day long. And that's what you keep talking about throughout our discussion today has been like, I tried, I just took action. I did something. I met with people. We tried this. It didn't work. It did. You just, you never took it as a, uh, a definition of failure, but as a lesson learned on the way to success, right? Your success seems to always in your mind be, right, inevitable to you. And yeah, I was so and curious. Think, and yeah. you always talk about this so well. I mean, I think it also we have to really define sort of what success means to us personally. You know, even as a company, I can set sort of our, you know, directives for the year for chasing paper and for my team and but it also has to make sense to you as like a human. And like, that was another big part of like meeting with my team is like, that was one of the questions I asked, like, what drives you? Like, is it money? Is it time off with your kids? Is it work-life balance? Is it having experiences? Um, What's the thing that's going to move the needle for you? Because I think that's been a big part of all of, you know, chasing papers success is like people for, it's really interesting that the close people in my life all have different um, ideas of what success. Like when we got a deal with like Bloomingdale's, it was like my first big thing. And I, they had a party in New York and like with certain friends, they were like, you've made it like Bloomingdale's Bloomingdale's is my everything. Like that's it for me. That wasn't my thing. I was like, well, but it's wholesale. We're not making as much money. You know, like there was things about that relationship that I was like, Oh, like, I don't know. Something else gave me a lot more validation, but for them, they were like, Oh, that is like the end all be all like you've done it. Or um, you know, like when we, we have a great relationship with Creighton kids and Creighton Barrel is like a brand I grew up on being Midwestern, you know, they're right down the street in Illinois. I ate out of Creighton bowl cereal bowls growing up. 
it was always a brand that I knew my dad would always get like crate and barrel things for Christmas. Like I remember him opening those boxes at Christmas. So it's very nostalgic for me. So for me, that deal was a bigger deal for me because literally it just had to do with my personal DNA of like things that I love and things I have affinity for. Um, and then obviously now being a mom, um, that has changed, you know, what was important to me three or four years ago is different than what it is to me now, you know, having more work-life balance, having more time with my girls, um, but also building something that they can be, um, one day, hopefully really proud of and setting a good example that I like, it's okay for me to love my work and to love to be with them. You don't have to choose one or the other. And, um, you know, so I think that there's a, there's a real big lesson in that. Um, and again, I, for my team, I'm always trying to, trying to encourage them to figure that out too, you know, how we can work better, um, under the current situation. And especially too, with I have a team member who has a daughter as well, and we're both trying to figure out daycare with COVID and all the things. I mean, life is just weird right now. So it's like having grace and having flexibility. And it, it is so important. Um, what I love too, is that you sought out from your team members and there's a more elegant way of saying this, but, um, you sought out what their carrots were. And I think that far too many, you know, of us end up making the assumption that it's always money. And what we find is it actually rarely is money. Mm -hmm. Um, and that when you understand what drives someone, not only are you going to get better results from them, but you're going to get far more longevity out of that relationship, um, than the 18 months that everybody else is getting, which is so valuable. And I think that, you know, as we think about kind of taking this conversation full circle of how do we, as you're taking meetings or, you know, meeting people are having, even if it's virtual, I mean, even like if it's, you're taking 30 minutes out of your day to chat with someone over zoom or whatever, I think not being as tied to like, Cause I can feel that I can feel sometimes when someone's reaching out to me and they're like looking for me to like hire them or do something. And you can feel that versus having it just be like, let's chat. Like, let's see where this goes. Like, let's just, it's way more organic. And I really try to show up in that way too. It, even if I'm in my mind being like, oh man, they're head of design for a big hospital. You know, like even if it's someone that's like, oh my God, I would die for to be like a, you know, for to be a vendor or whatever. I really try to show up just being like, how can we mutually help each other? Like there are things that, um, you know, we, we all need and want in the world. And like, how can I show up trying to help deliver something that maybe they need, or even just chatting, even just as you run your businesses or if they're running a business, how can you sort of, um, say, Oh, are you dealing with this? Or I'm dealing with this or talk about a success you've had and, um, being able to really champion someone, um, you know, just all of those little things. I think not being so tied to like a monetary outcome is so, it takes so much pressure off too. <laughs> if you don't feel like you have to be like, and here are the value props and I'm pitching, pitching, pitching. And certainly there are moments for that. If you're like going in to actually pitch something, then do the damn thing. But, you know, I think in a lot of the lower, you know, like making it more casual, making it easier, making it more conversational, I just think is, is, is the way. So true. So I am curious, what are you excited about for 2022? What is coming up for Chasing Paper? And I want to make sure that our listeners too know, you know, where they can find your products and how they can best use them. Because, 
you know, I love seeing so many people that were at the BRIM conference who are designers using it in their designs and things. And it's just so exciting to start to see that synergy happen too. It's so fun, especially, I mean, to me, like the best part of being a business owner is when I can go and I can even have in real life, like moments. And then down the line, you're like, like, that's just like the best thing. Cause then it's like, I know her and now it's in her house and that's so cool. And like, I hope that that never gets old. And I guess if it does, I should do something else. But I will be sending you the <laughs> photographs of my daughter with her chasing paper all over the, the big statement wall. I, um, it. I, I know. It. I can't wait for it to go up. But yeah, I mean, um, obviously you can find us on chasingpaper.com. And what I'm excited for for 2022 is we, towards the end of last year, when we kind of saw this shift happening with like Instagram and all these things, there were, I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, we got to like try some things. Like we got to throw some stuff. I mean, this is like, I haven't done this in years because again, this machine was just kind of working and we were growing and we were doing new things and doing new collaborations, but it was working. So we threw a lot against the wall, a lot. <laughs> and now we're seeing what's stuck and what works. And now we're going to get to move forward with those things. I mean, one example being, um, I have two very little girls, a one and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And I'm always as a mom looking for things that will keep them occupied for more than like 10 or 15 minutes that have nothing to do with Paw Patrol. Um, And and any mom out there with little kids will know it's just like, there's a time and a place for screen time, but I can't have them watch TV all day. So I'm always looking for fun things that are like tactile and creative um, that also aren't going to be like a 20 minute setup and a 20 minute cleanup that like we can just do. So we made these peel and stick Christmas trees and a menorah for Christmas. And I brought the Christmas tree home for my girls and my two and a half year old, no joke, played with it for 45 minutes straight. And as my, as a mom, my mind was like blown. I was like, you know, it was all this peel and stick fabric. She could put it in her mouth for Christ's sake. It's all safe. You know, it's, she restuck. She did it again. She wanted to put everything back. You know, she's definitely a firstborn. She, my, my other one or my littler one wanted to play. And she was like, get out of here. I, this is my, I'm in my zone. Um, <laughs> but we didn't do any marketing around it. It was just literally something fun. We tried because we were like, we've got the time. December is kind of a slower month for us. And we, sold a ton. And like, I was like, okay, there's an idea here. This isn't like the fully baked idea, but there's an idea and kind of getting back to that, like, you know, let's iterate, let's figure it out. Let's refine, let's create some messaging. Let's think about like where this would live. Is it on the website? Is it in store? Is it a mix of both? Um, and then like, we've never sold anything in store. So like, what does that look like? And who are the players in that? And, you know, again, kind of going back to that discovery phase of like, now when I see a kid's store, I'm like, I pull over and I walk around and I, you know, take pictures and I think about things I like. I learn, I discover new brands that I haven't, haven't seen before. I go to their site. I do that research and it's fun. I mean, it's fun to, to be in that, in that, you know, and wallpaper and all the rest of it. I mean, we've been doing it for so long. Um, this is, I mean, it it gets you excited and I think it helps you be a better entrepreneur and a better, hopefully a better leader by still being excited. And, um, I don't know, like wanting to learn. I, you know, I think that that's a big part of it for me and, um, hopefully my team too. So 
yeah, new product extensions. Um, we've got some amazing collaborations, like people, really a diverse group of um, artists and designers and um, that I'm just excited to share their stories and their work um, and their points of view. Um, so yeah, this I can't even believe it's already 2022 though. Also, <laughs> I'm still I trying know. to like get my brain together, but um, that's I agree. Cool. I wrote a check the other day and wrote it to, you know, January, 2021. So yeah. <laughs> I've not made the transition either. Um, but that is so exciting. And again, all of it is about maintaining that curiosity for yourself. And it is so important as the entrepreneur and the owner not to let that go and feel compelled to just stay in the minutia. Um, yeah but give yourself the chance to continue to learn and explore because as the leader, you've got to fill your cup first. And I love that you're doing that in such a beautiful way and, and bringing such beauty to the world. Um, it's a great contribution, not only the beauty, but the amazing leadership that you are giving. Um, and I'm so appreciative of the time that you've shared with us today. Oh my gosh, always a pleasure. So thank you so much for inviting me and I'm hoping we can chat again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Elizabeth Reese, for joining us from Chasing Paper. I hope you guys will go to chasingpaper.com and check out all of the amazing products that they have. And like she said, some insane collaborations. They always have new things coming out. So stay tuned for a big year for from them in 2022. And thank you guys for joining us. I'll see you on the next episode of the Hitting Rock Middle podcast. Hope we made your business just a little bit better. 